Hey everybody, welcome to the Future Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Donnellan, and I'm here today with uh, Alex. Alex, how are you? Sean, I'm doing incredible, my man. Good start to the conversation already. Yeah, yeah, we, we, uh, we basically just recorded a podcast off air there, but uh, <laughs> we didn't record it. Let's do it one more time. I, I think we got it in us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's good. How are you today? Uh, a second time. You know what, man? It's been a solid day. <laughs> a second time around. I think we've got to reinforce that. You know what, man? I, I'm doing exceptional. It was a, it was a, this is right after Easter long weekend. Uh, we, we told our team to all go home, take some time off, don't work this weekend. I feel like I got one day off to reset, relax. Um, I came in with a really positive mindset today as I try to do as much as possible. But, you know, obviously with what's gone on the last few weeks, hasn't always been the easiest thing to do. Um, and so, you know, end of day today, man, I'm feeling great. This is about the most relaxed I've felt at the end of a Monday in, in years. So feeling nice. good. good on you. Um, something, I, something that I'm always talking about on this podcast really is, you know, people embracing technology, embracing, uh, digital trends, but uh, from like being connected with you on LinkedIn and following you online, you're, you're well ahead of that trend. This is not, uh, and we discussed it briefly. This isn't too different for you. This is something that you've kind of grasped with both hands a long time ago. Yeah, I was mentioning it earlier. The only thing I have to get used to is I don't love working at home, even though it's not the worst place yeah. in the world to be. I'm just in a, in a separate room. But, you know, um, Sean, to that point, uh, I'm so fortunate that the, my, my partners and I picked an industry which is almost antiquated. Uh, mortgage lending, uh, typically speaking, has been very, very slow to catch up to the trends of technology, uh, even the real estate world over the past uh, few years. And when compared to our US counterparts, we're even slower behind there. So the nice thing is that uh, while I've had the opportunity to continue to embrace technology and do things like this, Zoom meetings, webinars, you know, Instagram, Facebook, social media marketing, these types of things, none of it feels really new to me, man. Um, I've been doing webinars for client consultations for the better part of four years. Um, our team at, at one point about a year ago was all working remotely before our office was, uh, renovated and updated. And so really at the end of the day, it was, it was almost an adaptation to the fact that, um, we went from, uh, minimal content contact, which I was able to no contact. So that took about a week or two to get kind of adjust to we're rocking along, man. We're doing okay. We're doing all right. And, and I feel for guys like you who, who, who have probably had to make a substantial adaptation to what's going on but looking at what you're doing right now in this conversation right now you're adapting pretty well which is awesome to see cheers buddy thank you um tell us i suppose a little bit about a little bit about yourself kind of how you got to where you are your partner in uh, thrive more thrive mortgage um a little bit about your background how you got and how you got yeah how you got to where you are today Oh man, listen, uh, the background itself is, is uh, a little bit of a longer one than a lot of people know. Um, you know, I, sorry, let's speak again here. Let's try that again. I recently uh, partnered up about uh, 10 months ago now with uh, two gentlemen in the industry. Actually, at the time it was three gentlemen to launch this company called Thrive Mortgage. But before that, uh, I was uh, on my own and just like a lot of people in the industry starting off as uh, almost like an associate about... Uh, five years ago, um, initially licensed in 2010, 2011, I gave it, gave it a good kick at the can, but I don't think I had that uh, hustler mentality yet. I didn't have that do or die mentality. And I certainly didn't have that wake up like you don't have a job every day mentality. Uh, when I first was licensed in, in 2011, um, I had a second job. And so when you do that, and I'm 
mean, you could probably attest to this if you ever had this experience, but I had a second job. And when you do that, or you have that kind of leverage to fall back on, no matter how hard you think you're trying, uh, you're not trying hard enough. So um, basically there was a two year stint where I worked licensed. Uh, at the end of that two years, I had to make a decision. My wife was going back to school. I had to support the family payments, et cetera. Left the industry and came back in 2015, as I just suggested. The last four to five years has been a completely different, a 180. Uh, when, I, when I started in the lending space, um, again, I started under someone for about eight months, quickly realized that I wanted to do it my own way and, and be a little bit unique in the space. Uh, and from there have built up uh, over the course of the last four years, uh, a five person team, which eventually merging into Thrive, uh, turned into a uh, now nine person team and continuing to grow. Um, I, that's a lot to pack in in a short amount of time. And I could probably have a conversation just about those pieces, but I think I want to emphasize to, to you and, and to, to anyone listening to that piece is it's, it's kind of like just multiple shifts along the path to get where we are today. Yeah. You guys like, <clears throat> you really have a, an exceptional online presence you, you're everywhere that I see. And you guys are a real up and, uh, up and coming and emerging, emerging company. Um, what do you think that you're doing differently? Cause you're doing something differently. Like you've got a good presence. You've got, I don't want to call it a, a, a gimmick. I don't, I mean, about the, the, the mortgage poke, but like that's, that's brilliant as well. You know, this is a um, Western North America, you know, West coast. Like you've, you've kind of nailed it. You really have, you've got the presence. Um, you're all young, like you said, young hustlers. What is your secret sauce? I don't think there's any one thing. Yeah. So uh, I think I mentioned there that last year we made the decision or I made the decision with my partners at the time to partner together because this industry, like a lot of others where you're by yourself can be extremely lonely. And it wasn't actually just that it was, uh, cause th that's not a good enough reason on its own. Um, uh, but, uh, the power in this industry and in many industry, especially as you know, and partner together with so many young professionals and so many young CEOs and so forth is uh, substantially greater than doing a lot of things yourself. So to unpack your questions there, the first thing, the mortgage pug piece was just my way. So again, that relaunch in 2015, it was my way to, uh, try and take an industry that I thought was boring and, and dry and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not very exciting or interesting. And to this day, it, it still probably isn't that exciting and interesting and make it a little bit more, make it a little bit more me. So I think that at the, t well, I thought that at the time before I launched that, that I had to wear a suit and tie and roll up uh, with, I don't know, boring content, uh, posted articles, blogs, this sort of information and, and uh, sit behind a desk uh, all the time to make an impact on people but i quickly realized that just again like we discussed off air people they want to know what you know and that you know what you're doing but ultimately they want to give a crap about you and vice versa so they want to know that you care about what they're doing um have a little bit of levity to the situation in the sense of the pug because who on earth has a pug as a mascot <laughs> yeah, for yeah. a mortgage company yeah. i think it was yeah. just so out there that really worked for me at the time and um, since then it went from just kind of a little bit of a fun thing that I would post up online to, uh, uh, at one point he was in all my videos, like educational videos that I, I was launching as I was trying to grow my company to the point where I've, uh, stood up on stage in front of a thousand people in Colorado and, and Vancouver and a few other cities to talk about uh, developing and building a brand and not being afraid to step up and be yourself more than what you think. Um, on that note to where we are today. So the pug is still around, 
no no yeah. worries about him he's kicking it <laughs> still eating uh we've we've put him in a little bit of a side cart if you will so he's more of a mascot to the brand and, and thrive is really the focus because yes. um as much as i'd love to help every single person myself i don't have the personal capacity on my own to do that and so in partnering together with as i mentioned before uh, people who are just as successful and even more intelligent than me in a lot of ways has allowed us the capacity to help more families and more people through, again, building up and growing up that educational component and, and whatnot. And that's why our online focus is so heavy because before this or before we've done what we were doing, we just believe that you couldn't find, like go Google information up online. It's behind a paywall. You have to call somebody. You have to email somebody. It's not clear. It's, it's uh, not um, consistent. You're, you're reading articles in the news and the people that are publishing that are they're not educating in what's going on in the real estate market. So yeah, that's a big reason that we keep uh, communicating those pieces. Okay. And you had mentioned about um, uh, mortgage, I suppose the, your, your industry lagging a little bit in relation to other industries with uh, technology or a little bit, a little bit dated. Have you seen a jump in um, more of a digital presence, digital signatures, those kind of things? Um, I suppose, have you seen a difference in that? In, you mean since the COVID nineteen yeah, crisis, sorry, or just generally last, speaking? Yeah, uh, the last the last two weeks or three weeks, I suppose, more so. Yeah, man, uh, it, it's been actually quite incredible to see how fast so many of these companies have rallied. Um, so again, we we had an, a, a good online presence. We had digital signatures for a lot of situations, but believe it or not, to this day, there still are financial institutions that will not accept a digital yeah. signature. And that and today, speaking yeah, I that, I should have clarified uh, that. Yeah, there is. Uh, I, I know that through through leasing more so than anything else. It's very much in-person signatures, uh, you know, three copies delivered. But that that obviously can't be done right now. But the financial world isn't going to stop. Apologies. No. And so you've seen some companies adapt. Uh, we saw one company in particular. Uh, it doesn't matter to name the names, but one company in particular that um, traditionally speaking was was lagged behind quite a bit as it pertained to things like digital signatures. And they actually came out with a program last week to set this up, which they've been saying for years that they've been working on. So within two weeks, boom, there you go. Uh, we, we have our own podcast and we interviewed last week a very prominent lawyer in the Vancouver area um, named Tony. Uh, and he let us know that in that time frame as well, the two to three weeks, they are now able to do some form of virtual signing. So things that we've been talking about for years are starting to come together just overnight, just like that. That's brilliant. On our side, I'd, I'd say like the lending process, again, as we started the call, we've always been doing a lot of online with our clients. We have an online portal for them to collect documentation. We do web conversations, video chats, these types of things. So we were very fortunate to adapt just like that. But it certainly has been really cool to see some of the other companies shapeshift so quickly. And I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think you got to adapt or be left behind, I guess, right right now. You know, there's no point in, there's no point in waiting. Um, I know, I don't know too many, um, I know some mortgage brokers, but I, I would know a lot of uh, realtors. I have a lot of friends, obviously, who are uh, real estate agents, and they've kind of said that they see things slow down. How have you found it, or um, how, have you, how have you found the last couple of weeks um, for business, for, for new potential clients, that kind of stuff? How, how have you seen that? 
Yeah, you know what? It's been an amazing last three to four weeks, and it's been a roller coaster, both emotionally, um, working with people going through this, and just as a business, trying to shape shift a little bit and look at our clients that we're serving and who we need to be looking for and who we need to be helping out. Typically speaking, our business is very heavily based on or based in the real estate purchase market. Mm. So uh, over 75% of our transactions are originated because someone's either refinancing to buy a home, invest in a home, or purchase a home because they're selling another home. So that's all based around the real estate market, whereas a lot of other mortgage companies or mortgage teams focus on the refinance market. So with what happened, a lot of people were starting to really pay close attention to their finances, their budgets, their cash flow. And we started focusing very heavily on educating people about these pieces. Shape shifted in the course of whatever the timeline is, three to four weeks from 75 plus percent purchase market to now only 25 to 30 uh, 25 to 30% purchase market. And we have seen a reduction in the amount of people coming through the door purely because a lot of that comes from people who are buying or selling. Yeah. But the interesting thing is our numbers overall in terms of the families that we're touching and the families that we're reaching out to and the families that we're serving has only taken a very small dip. Uh, initially it jumped up, but now we're probably maybe five to 10% off of what we would uh, That's brilliant. Well, to do. So obviously it's never, never good to make less money, but only to be five or 10 points off where you are. That's, that's fantastic. That's a really good uh, grasp of the, of the market, I guess. But like you said, adapting, um, that's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So on that point, the biggest adaptation that we were able to have is the ability to slow down. So we slowed down and we looked at our goals for the year. And one of our goals as a team is to always try and be more human. We're always looking to find new technologies. We're always trying to adapt. We're always trying to do things to make our life more efficient. But we talk as a team about being more human. So at the beginning of the year, we made a decision actually in January to bring on someone on our team that would be focused 100% on, and this is going to sound corny, but we wanted her to be almost like the director of WOW. And we wanted her to be there just simply to be a resource to our past or what we'll call them clients because we always call them our clients to our partners. She wanted to be a resource to our partners, to our clients, to our team, to make sure that we're looking out for uh, the opportunities to be more human. Someone's having a baby. Let's send them a gift. Let's send them a card. Uh, Someone had a passing in the family. Let's thank them for that. And so we actually brought her on. She started along with another employee the week that everybody got locked down. So it was an insane time. And we had to think to ourselves, are we still going to go through with this? Like, is this a good idea right now? We didn't know what was going to happen. Was yeah. our business going to fall off a cliff? Were people going to stop? Were lenders going to stop lending? Still to this day, we have to continue to monitor these things. But doing that and, and, and taking that time and putting her specifically 100% of her time on reaching out to the families that we serve and continue to serve in the past, just asking, are you okay? We can answer questions for you related to this. We're here for you. What can we do? Um, reaching out to people that were going through the process before saying, Hey, we're still here for you. We're not going anywhere. We're around reaching out to our partners to let them know, Hey, we have resources for you. Let us help you get back on your feet. Let's talk about these things. Uh, doing little things, delivering beer, wine, you know, I, I mentioned flowers, things like that. At times where a lot of people are pulling back, investing into it. And so we talk about points and percentages, but man, our focus has purely from an inside conversation standpoint, hasn't been on that. It's been on our, what are you doing today? What are you doing right now to be more human, to impact those people? So they're memorable. 
because people are home right now. They're going through a very hard time. I had people crying on the phone with me left, right, and center, like a lot of tough conversations and they needed someone to listen to. Yeah. And so it wasn't about doing those deals. It was about being that person that's there at that right time. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's nice to have a, um, a compassionate touch in such a, in a constant growth mentality, you know, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that, you know, for sure. I, I think about kind of what's next and what's next. And you're always trying to get a deal flow and a pipeline. But when something like this happens, like what really matters, you know, what, what really matters, you know, that's the, that's the, the question you have to ask yourself and your customers and your clients are, are real people. And if you can treat them the way that you'd expect to be treated yourself, that's a relationship that you have for life. That's, you know, that they're, that's, that's who, you know, that's who you want to get your mortgage from. That's it. You know, that's, that's how it goes. Absolutely. I'd say, uh, our, and our clients recognize that, you know, uh, by recommending us to their friends and their family and saying, Hey, did your bank proactively call you to tell you that this opportunity was here to help you, you know, save thousands as the interest rates were dropping? Uh, did someone from your bank call you to just check in on you and make sure you were okay right now? Did you lose your job? Do you need any assistance? Do you need some support here? And the answer to that question is always no. no. And so again, it's, it's that little, little piece extra. And I don't know how many other companies are doing that. I don't really matter to me. Um, but what does matter is again, standing up in, in these types of situations. So um, while you did touch on another piece is, much like you, the only way that we get to these places in our careers to have success or, or to maybe not, I don't know what have success is because that's different for everybody, but to grow a business and grow a company and, and to have what would be considered from the outside success um, would be to have some level of focus on business acumen, hustle, if you will, work hard, have targets, that sort of thing. But uh, the sooner you realize that there's a balance there, the sooner there's a lot of people that are on this level right here are going to hit that level just like you did in two and a half years telling me that you could pick up your phone and just talk about other things besides cars to all of your clients who love cars is pretty cool. So yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I think that there's a big part about that, right? Yeah. I think it's all like life is relationships. And I, I think a lot of people, maybe they're, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a mentality from maybe working in a cubicle or really not liking your job where you really want to separate your, your job from the, from, you know, your six, six o'clock in the evening to 11 o'clock at night when you go to bed, like it's, some people just make it so different and they segregate, I suppose, or they, or they compartmentalize work and life. But I think if you enjoy your job, you know, I don't really go to work. You know, I, I, it's all fluid and um, you're very much having conversations with people. Like I have a dream job. I sit in an air conditioned building and I have conversations with people about supercars, you know, who love cars and I like cars. So that's a, that's a dream. That's a dream job. And not everybody is, is, is that fortunate. I know some people have other jobs, but um, when I started off, I, I washed and vacuumed cars and I didn't love that, you know, especially in cold, wet Ireland. That wasn't, that wasn't too enjoyable. Well, cold, wet British Columbia as well. Plenty of people here, so <laughs> not much of a difference. But I guess if you just put your effort into it and build relationships as, as they go, it's like, you know, you said you're married. The first time you meet a, a client, a potential client or a prospect, it's like the first time maybe you meet your wife or your girlfriend. You, you know, you don't know that person, but as the relationship develops, you know, when you have a client who's a client for six months, one year, two years, three years, that's a different relationship from a cold call or a day one, you know, and up. 
um, they call it in the auto industry, and up. I think it's for an opportunity or you're up, as in it's a, a new new client. But that's a different uh, conversation or a diff very much a different relationship. These things just take time, and you seem to have that down to a T. You guys are building a, you're building almost like a, what what seems like almost like a family community um, mortgage company. Like it's fantastic. I just want to touch on touch on something that you mentioned about the the rates. You said that, you know. <clears throat> there's been a fluctuation in the rates. Can you kind of go over that a little bit? You mentioned that maybe the bank aren't picking up the phone call or not picking on, on, on banking institutions or anything, but I just want to talk, yeah. talk about rates in general. Yeah, so, so uh, technically speaking, we saw uh, with the coronavirus coming so quickly into Canada and the impending economic impact or negative uh, potential economic impact and what was already happening with China. We saw the bank back in, I, wanna, I think this was the end of February, make the first cut to the key interest rate, which is what impacts people who have a variable rate or a line of credit or something of that nature. Uh, 10 days later, we saw that drop again and then drop again. So uh, someone who had a variable rate mortgage saw their interest rate drop down by 1.5% overnight. Uh, for a lot of people, they didn't really understand what that meant. Uh, additionally speaking, we had the fixed rates, which follow what's something called the bond yield drop or the five-year bond yield for a five-year fixed rate for that matter, drop substantially, really sharply overnight by one to one and a half percent. So we saw all these interest rates tumbling down uh, very quickly. And when that happens, we almost see kind of a rush, like people rush in to try and uh, you know, get these interest rates, get these mortgage products, et cetera. But what happened here is, uh, what actually happened here was the banks corrected this uh, course. This was a unique situation. There were thousands, if not millions of people going to lose their jobs. There were companies um, deferring mortgages. There were all these things happening. And ultimately what happened is within a week, the fixed rate mortgages bumped right back up artificially. And when I say artificially, it's not obviously artificial because it happened but it's artificial in the sense that it no longer followed the primary reason that rates go up or down. What happened is it got too risky for them to lend money or they ran out of the yeah. funds to get the money. I'm simplifying this a little bit, but basically rates went down and back up overnight in a very yeah. short amount of time for a lot of people. We proactively called a lot of our clients to advise them of this and look at opportunities to help them. But unfortunately with one week timeline, a lot of people need a little bit more time yeah. to compute the decision. And, uh, a yeah, clear explanation. I know this is a complicated topic. No, no, it does, and that's that's as that's as uh, complicated as you can explain it to me. Don't uh, don't complicate it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of the listeners are going to be screaming. But um, something else. Do you feel that? Do you feel that uh, there's going to be a pent up demand? Because obviously, some people who have you know good jobs or they're now life is just seems to be on pause. You know, it's not like a normal a normal collapse, like the, the property collapse where everything was totally overvalued. Maybe some things were overvalued and, and the economy leveled itself out. It was, it's a global pandemic. We just were told, you know, we all left work on Friday evening and on Sunday night, we were told, you know, don't go to back in the morning. Yeah, you're not coming back. Sign on for the EI. Yeah. Like, that's it. So do you feel that when things, I suppose, teeter off a little bit, lockdowns, um, loosen we're allowed to get together people get back to business do you feel like there's going to be a wave wave of, of uh, potential clients or a wave of new business yeah i would say 
let's just speak geographically because I don't want to speak for the entire country. Looking in the lower mainland in particular. So we're located in the lower mainland. Most of our clients, we work with a lot of clients throughout BC and actually we work across Canada being licensed across the country, but a large percentage of our clients are located down here in the lower mainland. And with that in mind, what I would say is not based on just my experience and my knowledge, because this is obviously way beyond what I know, but uh, much more focused on the economists, uh, key indicators, history. And of course, as we start to move forward, some of our own perceptions of what's happening based on working with enough clients. What I would like uh, to put in perspective for a lot of people is what you just mentioned, which is this is very unique. This isn't a situation where some people are out of jobs. This is a situation where a lot of people are out of jobs and and good jobs. And a lot of these jobs are never coming back. And that's the interesting thing out of all this. But I also want to put another thing into perspective, which is one of the things that continues to push the Vancouver real estate prices and Vancouver real estate economy is supply and demand. Now, if you reduce the amount of housing based on taking away jobs, which hasn't happened completely, but it has been slowed down, then you reduce the supply. And we're seeing now certain completions being pushed back, certain construction sites not starting, uh, certain people unable to start working, which means the supply still continues to stay down. So an interesting thing is that while we have seen some people stop purchasing properties and stop selling properties, there are still a lot of properties that are selling in multiple offer situations and quickly and, you know, not staying on the market, not everything, but some, which says a lot to me, it says that there still is a lot of demand for real estate. People still want to buy. They have to, they have to move. After all this is over, I think the biggest thing that people will not think about immediately is that I think we are due for a major, and this is going to be hard for some people to hear is a major correction in lending policy. Banks are already over the past two to three years making substantial changes to the way that they review documentation, the income that they use, how someone gets a home, how much they can buy, how much they can hold. I personally think that we're going to see a lot of these big major institutions along with a lot of others sit back and look very hard at their lending policies and start to put in more restrictions, more difficult measures, these types of situations, which uh, for someone like myself makes my job more valuable because we're independent, we're professionals, we work with a variety of institutions, but for a lot of homeowners might be a hard pill to swallow. So that's, I think, going to be the biggest follow. To answer your question about house prices, we likely will see things soften a little bit as we continue to go through this. If this goes on for two months, three months, four months, certainly there will be a dip. But in the local Vancouver economy, I would not be surprised to see things shoot right back up. Shoot right back up. It's it's like a... It's like we live in a cocoon here. It doesn't, you know, yeah. maybe, you see a, maybe you see a dip of 25% somewhere else and a 3% dip here. And then the next year it's growth. It's incredible. Well, what's the biggest unknown here is that we have such an international city. So we have people flying from all over the world that want to be in Vancouver. Is that going to be impacted uh, because they can't get the flights as easily or because there's more restrictions for one to two years? Maybe. Um, if so, does that impact the high end, which funnels down? If lending policies tighten, who does that impact? Generally speaking, the first-time buyer is the one who gets squeezed out the most, especially yes. in Vancouver. Are those are those people, you know, impacted, or or did they take advantage of this situation? Maybe they have more tech jobs that they can access. So there's a lot of questions in place, but certainly I believe if if this slowly, if we're allowed to slowly return to a normal in a in a couple of months, 
in two, three, even four months, I think we do rebound and we do rebound quickly, but there will be certain parts of the market that will be hit harder than others. And I think it'll be probably on the bottom end of the market. Okay. Um, something that I've been asking people as well, I kind of would like to get your, your opinion on this. You seem to have taken this all in your stride and you guys produce some fantastic content. You know, you're, you've very much got a, and I didn't know this until this conversation, you've got a fantastic outlook, the way you treat your uh, customers. And you can kind of tell that from who you are as a person, but to hear your story and, and kind of the outreach that you guys have, have committed and keeping on staff and everything else, what advice would you give for uh, budding entrepreneurs or young professionals, people who maybe are not as sure of themselves and they haven't really found their way, you know? What advice would you give you from, you know, 2010, 2011? You know, you know, the guy who, the guy who maybe found it a little bit, uh, a little bit difficult or the guy with two jobs and sure of what way he wants to go. Somebody who, who maybe is where you are, um, as such. Certainly. Well, I mean, it's difficult to think it's a difficult thing to say today because a lot of people have lost their jobs, yeah. but for those people fortunate enough, as, assuming your career was one in which you, you really believed in and you financially set yourself up, meaning you've. You've got your lines of credit prepared. You've refinanced your home if you have one, or you've prepared yourself in a situation where you know that you could uh, afford to take a certain loss and then get back out. Then uh, take your foot, step off the ledge, obviously, assuming you've done your, your research and let go of that position. Again, I'm assuming this crisis hasn't necessarily occurred. Now, in a situation where we are dealing with uh, the crisis that we have right now, and you are someone who's been laid off or you are someone in a position Look to someone like yourself, Sean, who's taking the opportunity now to do things that you maybe didn't have the time or make the time. You didn't make the time for before. Uh, they're saying that, that across North America and in the U.S., there's the highest use of video games and Netflix and porn and all these other things that are not beneficial to your any, any type of real success. While I'm not saying that you should never play a video game, I, I don't. I'm not going to say that at all, because if that's what makes you happy and you have your pleasure time, you should always have time for fun. What I am saying to someone right now is that if you're someone in that position, this should be your opportunity to reach out to someone new, to have a conversation, to spend an extra half hour a day on working on your project, to get online, adapt differently. We, as an example of our own personal business, uh, Sean, and this is obviously a little bit more established, we had full intent on having multiple client events this year. So in-person events, much like you did. Uh, those were canceled now, two of them. Uh, we had intentions on also carrying uh, lunch and learns and specific presentation events, which were also organized, again, canceled. And we've taken this the same concept and gone online with it through Zoom, webinars, uh, these types of things. And I've done more presentations in the past two weeks than I would have imagined doing an entire year. So adapting to the situation is key right now. If you're someone who's starting out, get in front of people. They're more accessible today than they ever have been. People are at home, people are near their phone. Call someone, connect with someone, get online with someone, find a way to deliver value. I think I suggested before, we're taking the opportunity right now to deliver value to our partners who maybe aren't working as much and are stressed out or down by sending, I don't know if this is a good thing if they're stressed out, but we're sending beer to their house or their favorite wine or coffee or something of that nature, just to kind of keep, uh, keep the, keep us in their minds. Yeah. So sp spend the time right now to jump off that ledge. Why not? 
what, what do you have to lose? Everybody's adapting to technology. I think we're going to see more companies come out of this. So in six months to a year, I think we're going to see more companies come out of this than we would have in the last three to five years or maybe longer than that. I know there's been a lot of predictions about one year of technology in 10 years and, and a lot of different things like that. And the reality is because there are a lot of people who are saying, why not explore my passion right now? What do I have to lose? So have some fun, get out there, connect with people. There's a lot of ways to do it. You don't have to be face to face, right? Yeah, exactly. Alex, that's uh, that's 30 minutes. That was quick. Boom. Time Just flies. like that. Listen, I want to thank Nothing. you for coming on. Yeah, it was uh, fantastic. I'd love to have you on again. Um, for the people listening, where can they uh, where can they find you? Yeah, man. Well, we have our own podcast. It's called the YVR Remo Show, where we focus on uh, taking in-depth real estate conversations and explaining them, breaking them down, as well as staying on top of what's going on. Uh, you can find me as at Thrive Mortgage Co. on Instagram, or if you want to deal with me directly at the Mortgage Pug, of course, I still got that kicking around. Yeah. Uh, just search up yeah. Thrive Mortgage Co. on Facebook. We're all over the place. Brilliant. Hey, man. Stay safe. Thanks so much, okay? All right. Thank you, sir. Be in touch. Cheers. That's the end of our podcast with Alex McFadden. Incredibly nice guy and an incredibly informative podcast. Uh, check him out online at Thrive Mortgage Company or on Instagram at The Mortgage Pug. Please like, subscribe, and share for future episodes of the Future Podcast.